From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Emily Arnson. This is your news for Thursday, November 2nd. On Monday, the state of Utah and various motorized recreation groups appealed the Bureau of Land Management's recent decision to close some of the off-road vehicle trails in Labyrinth Canyon and the Gemini Bridges area near Moab. The BLM announced its new travel management plan for this area earlier this fall after years of deliberations. Under the new plan, less than a third of the roads will be closed along a popular section of the Green River. This is Laura Peterson, a staff attorney with the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. As I think we've all seen the past uh, few weeks, there's been a lot of overblown rhetoric about off-road vehicle routes being completely closed off, which is just inaccurate. In this small area alone, you have more than 800 miles of designated routes, and you know those 800 miles don't include the more than 4,000 miles of designated routes in the greater Moab area. In its appeal, the state argues that the BLM road closures will block access to state trust land in that section of Grand County. The state claims this will make it harder to lease that land in the future and therefore limit the revenue collected in that area. Revenue from Utah trust land benefits the state's public school system. Two motorized recreation groups, the Blue Ribbon Coalition and the Colorado Off-Road Trail Defenders, also filed an appeal. They claim the BLM's decision violates a federal law that designated Labyrinth Canyon as protected wilderness. The law states that land adjacent to wilderness areas can't be managed as buffer zones or de facto wilderness areas. To the west of this section of the Green River is the Labyrinth Canyon Wilderness Area, and to the east is the federal land with the roads in question. There are some folks who won't be satisfied unless every inch of Utah's public lands are blanketed with off-road vehicle routes. I think there is some deliberate misinformation. Again, access has not been cut off. There is a lot of access still available. The appeals come just days after Utah Senator Mike Lee introduced a bill called the Historic Roadways Protection Act. The bill would prohibit the enactment of new travel plans in Utah until a decision is reached about the historic roads in Labyrinth Canyon. In his argument, Lee points to a law from 1866 that allowed for road creation on public lands in the interest of Western expansion. We remain confident that the plan will withstand judicial scrutiny. We do intend to intervene to defend BLM's decision here. The BLM has a legal obligation to minimize damage to natural and cultural resources, and we believe that the BLM has done that here and struck a really thoughtful balance. This closure of 300 miles of off-road vehicle trails has caused a huge outrage across not just Utah, but the West in general, with organizations in neighboring states making statements against the BLM and threatening to sue. Peterson says this is probably because it's the first time the BLM hasn't sided with OHV groups. I think that for so long, The BLM has not really effectively managed motorized vehicles and has essentially just designated every route out there or every route that somebody says is there or that they want to ride. And here the agency did close some routes. And the idea, I think, for once, the off-road vehicles are not going to be prioritized above all other uses, all other resources is what is kind of spurring this. You can find our previous coverage on the BLM's new travel management plan in today's show notes. A new store that sells drinking water has opened up in Shiprock, New Mexico on the Navajo Nation. 
KSJD's Chris Clements reports. About a third of the 170,000 people who live on the Navajo Nation do not have access to clean, reliable drinking water, according to the tribe's Department of Water Resources. Many Navajo citizens regularly have to drive for miles to haul water back to their communities. Elijah Bitta is a co-founder of Twa Water Company, which celebrated its grand opening in Shiprock on Saturday. For me, it started with uh, COVID in uh, 2020, just around the, the Navajo Nation, just the highest infectious rate in the country was there. And so many people were just passing away. Bitta says that he and his family were inspired to start Twa, a Navajo word that means water, after visiting a similar drinking water business in Gallup. They also saw a need for residents of Shiprock to have access to clean water after the Gold King mine spill in 2015, which caused wastewater containing heavy metals like arsenic and lead to flow into the Animas and San Juan rivers. We still get a lot of people from from Red Valley and like deep, deep in the in the res where it takes like an hour or two hours to get to Farmington and Shiprock's just a little bit closer. For now, Twa doesn't deliver water to people's homes. Customers must instead bring a five-gallon jug to the store to have it filled. For KSJD, I'm Chris Clements. As Wyoming's near-total abortion ban approaches its day in court later this year, a group of Wyoming doctors have now come out in support of the recent law, titled The Life is a Human Right Act. And as Jackson Hole Community Radio's Hannah Mersbach reports, it's a move that has outraged one of the state's only abortion providers. I was so upset. I couldn't sleep. That's Jovanina Anthony, who provides abortions in Teton County, reacting to newly filed documents from four doctors who argue that providing elective abortion goes against the principle, do no harm. They're on the wrong side of real, everyday obstetric care in Wyoming and in the country. Anthony is part of the group suing the state to keep abortion access legal, arguing it's an essential part of health care. The group of doctors, two practicing in Cheyenne and two who are retired, didn't respond to requests to comment in time for broadcast. And their lawyer declined an interview. But in their filings, they state they have a duty to care for both a pregnant person and the fetus. The Teton County judge could make a decision on the case in a December 14th hearing. In the meantime, abortion remains legal in Wyoming. Hannah Mersbach, K-12 News. The new Martin Scorsese film, Killers of a Flower Moon, is about the murders of members of the Osage Nation in the 1920s. This past weekend, KSUT and KSJD's Clark Adamitis watched the film with Southern Ute tribal members at a screening in Durango. The Southern Ute tribe reserved a theater for tribal members to watch the film in private. Following the three-and-a-half-hour screening, I met Robert Lee Baker in the lobby. I think that the length of the movie is good because non-Native people need to be kind of spoon-fed, in a sense, because history books do not really talk about us very much. Killers of the Flower Moon tells the history of a series of murders of Native American people. Through an accident of geography, the Osage Nation ended up owning oil-rich land. The film is based on a true story from the 1920s, where greedy white people conspired to steal Osage land and wealth. There's 500 tribes within this country, and we're all different. We have different prayers. We have different way we do things. It's done well because it gives you a highlight of what one tribe had to go through. The movie was filmed primarily in Oklahoma. 
director Martin Scorsese worked closely with Osage tribal members to ensure the story is told with accuracy and respect. Robert Lee Baker noticed the attention to cultural details in the film. Having natural environment and having people in the natural regalia, the authenticity of the clothing they wore, the language is awesome too. I think it's very important to have that in there because we still speak it. Killers of the Flower Moon has grossed over $84 million since its release, according to IMDb. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, November 2nd. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.